Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Okay, uh, I'm Mike Luke. Schuster and Brad aren't available, but that means that I've got one of the savants of the Tucson basketball scene, one of the best shooters in the city. Anybody out there that's seen him knows, can, uh, Mr. John Brogan. Hello, Brogan. Yeah, how's it going? How's it going, Mike? All right, guys, we got a lot to get to. A lot of comments already underway, but 8166 Arizona Falls. This was just all the way around a crappy game. I mean, Arizona didn't defend. Arizona didn't score. This was not something that I expected, but I guess sometimes these games do occur. Yeah, and and it always happens on the mountain road trip, it seems like. This was right. Arizona's first road test. Elevations in play. You're coming off the high of the Maui win. There were a lot of things that – a lot of cliches in play that certainly made it look like, okay, this could be a trap game for Arizona for sure. And that's what happened. Now let's let's get to it because if you got games where Kerr, where Courtney Ramey until the end, where Pella, just your perimeter right there, they're not hitting. It's gonna be it's gonna be really difficult. But at the same time, like you got to be able. Utah's not that good. This game shouldn't have got out of hand the way it did. But that's also college basketball. Yeah, yeah, college basketball is interesting like that. And you know, this game, I felt like Arizona got away from what won them their games early in the season. They shot a lot of early threes in this game, which normally we shoot threes, cool, but it's out of the offense. There were a lot of early shot clock threes where normally it's work the ball inside to, you know, to Bellis, working inside to Ballo, let the threes come off of that. And when you shoot early threes, you don't make them, then you got a tendency to get down early in the game, and Utah's a good rebounding team, so – and I've thought all season going in that Arizona's one advantage every single game is, and by the way, is William Anderson, are we officially a football school? That's a great <laughs> remark right there. I love that. That's a, that's funny. Um, but 
Arizona goes into every game with Umar Ballo and Azulis Tabellis, and I've always felt that you need to, especially in games when you're not hitting, you need to be able to get 40 and 20 out of those guys, or at least 35 and 18, something like that. And while Ballo had that in the first half, you could just tell, especially inside, this wasn't going to be a game that Arizona was going to dominate. And when they're at their best, these two guys are causing problems for other teams. Yeah, and 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 at the end of the game, if you look at Tabellis and Ballo, they're going to end with a pretty good stat line. But if you watch the game, it was a much tougher stat line this yeah. game than they had in the Maui Classic. So it was a lot, you know, Utah did a really good job of packing the paint, doubling when the bigs got the ball. They were tipping a lot of passes out of the double team. And they basically just dared Arizona to shoot threes. And Arizona wasn't hitting in the first half and it became a problem. And I think also, I, first of all, I would not want to be, now is it, I would assume it's Colorado, Arizona's playing on Sunday. Um, no, because this is the weird non-conference right. conference game. So we got Cal on Sunday. Actually. Cal on Sunday. That's right. All right. The game that Mark Fox could be fired on. If I was Mark Fox and Cal, I would not want to be playing Arizona in this game coming up right here. Um, what through, you know, through about, you know, a, a sixth of the season right now, watching this team, um, this just kind of seemed like a, it just kind of seemed like they reverted. Some of the things that you really that and personally, like I love what Azulis Tabellis has done this year, but he looked a little bit, he looked kind of a step slow right there. Kerr looked out of rhythm. It was kind of like a flashback to some of the worst memories that we've had of them of previous years. Now, again, it's one game, so I'm not sweating it, but this was kind of Arizona at its worst right here. Yeah. I mean, early in the game, Arizona was missing layups, missing wide open threes. And, and the game felt weird in a way that six minutes into the game, Arizona was down four, down six, playing terrible. And you're like, okay, they're going to kick it into gear here. And then right. this game will be a 10-point game in no time. Next thing you know, Utah's up 15. And you're like, well, okay, it's going to be a long night. All right. Now, again, got to pay the bills right here. Two things. First, OGs. The uh, OGs is one of our uh, latest sponsors. Obviously, you can go to any dispensary. You got to be 21 and up to be able to get this, though. When I've gone up to Phoenix, they've given me some of them. The Indica infused OGs. They're very, very good. I'm trying to get my dad to take them. He won't. But you know what? It is what it is. Check out the show notes and the description and the link. Also, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You could put down five bucks on any NBA game, and if you win, you can get $100 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Many people are taking advantage of this gonga deal right here, but again, you got to be 21 and up, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of. If you wanted to bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Brogan, you could have uh, taken Utah minus, uh, or uh, Arizona minus seven in this game and lost a lot of money, or you could have taken Utah with the six and a half and one. Did you partake on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? I did, and I'm a homer, so I took Arizona, so you know it is what it is. I got, it the is Buffalo, what it is. I got the Buffalo Bills as well, getting me back right. to closer to even. So it should well, be all right. right. Let's talk about it. What is the David Matola is great. He says, you're trying to sell me weed and gambling. Thanks. <laughs> That's um, this is an adult show. About- TVMA. Yes, exactly. All right. Now, what is the biggest your biggest concern for Arizona this year? Because we're going to get into the positives because, again, this is one game. People do need to understand this is one. It's still one of the 10 best teams in the country. But what are your concerns for Arizona right now? My biggest concern is our pick and roll defense. I didn't like it in Maui, and I'm not sure if it's Tommy's philosophy this year or or what it is, but 
in the Creighton game, especially Nemhard was living in the paint, making a bunch of plays with like eight foot runners and floaters and drop offs to bigs and things like that. Today was the same thing. Utah would turn the corner off the high ball screen, get into the paint. And there wasn't much going on. We were sticking to shooters. And then it was like two on two, but a defender's on my back. And Arizona just really couldn't do much with that. But it's now the second time that it's became noticeable. And so I think our pick and roll defense against teams with a really good guard that can get in the paint and a decent big that can finish is going to create problems for us. And then I think what you saw tonight is the team's going to kind of go with Kerr. Right. If he's making shots and make, not even making shots per se, if he's getting in the lane, get, you know, distributing the ball, getting seven, eight, nine assists and making a few threes and things like that, they're tough. If he lays an egg and he goes one for seven, doesn't make any threes and only has three or four assists, then it's and, a tough thing. So I think those are the two things I'm looking for. And we talked about this all offseason where Arizona needed to be able to get to the point where, especially with Kerr, where make 40% of your shots, be steady. But in Maui, we saw a Kerr Creaser that was taking over games, that was getting into the lane, that was dishing it out. This wasn't that. Um, and again, I, he's shown in Maui that he's more than capable of it. It's getting that consistency because, again, I don't need you to go, you know, seven of 10 from three point range, but I need you to be able to control in the game in which a manner that really didn't happen tonight. Right. And and tonight was the first time. Well, there was a half of, I think, the San Diego State game where he took a lot of bad shots. This game, he seemed to be forcing the action a little bit. And so. To your point, he's just got to be more consistent, play, stay within the game, play within the flow. He's going to get plenty of shots. His job's more distributor, facilitator, hit an open three, make a big shot when we need it. Um, but, yeah, he's got to get more consistent for sure. Andre Veris makes a very good point here. He says, is it time to be concerned about Pella and Bal not taking the next step? I'm going to speak on Adama Ball. I'll let you speak on Pella Larson because I have absolutely no credibility when it comes to Pella Larson. So, again, <laughs> my bad, Pella. But with Adama Ball – it's going to just take I, – I like Adama Ball still. I know a lot of people are out on him. He, to me, is a guy that needs a red shirt year in that you watch him. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's a long guy. The shot is better than it's shown right now. He's certainly got to tighten up the handle. I just think that he needs – I think that he just needs time, to be honest with you. you got to remember, too, he's only 18 years old. This is a guy that came in as a 17-year-old. So that's what I would do with Ball. I'm still a fan, but I think that he needs uh, just some time to work on his craft. Now, Pella Larson, where are you at with Pella? So – I think it depends on what you expect Pella to be. When we came into the season, nobody expected him to be the team's leading scorer, right? So expecting him to come out and score 20 points a game, I think that's our fault if that's what we're doing with him. Right. He's the most versatile defender on the team. You saw By him Martin Carlson tonight all the way down to guard and point guards. He can guard across the board. He led the team in rebounding tonight. The thing that he has to be able to do, though, is he has to at least be a threat on offense. Right. He can't score two points like he did tonight. Well, you and I can disagree about how good he is all day long, but he has to we be. We won't seven. show our text messages. <laughs> right. He <laughs> has to be seven to 10 points a game consistently because he's good enough to be able to do that. He's not, he's not Draymond Green where you get two points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, right? Right. He's right. got to be that 10, 10 points, five rebounds, three assists guy and be the team's most versatile defender. Then he's helping. But if he plays like he did tonight, you know, then he's not really necessarily contributing in a positive manner outside of rebounding. That's kind of tough for, for Arizona to make up, especially when Kerr and Ramey have off nights. You need someone like him to be able to step up. One guy that has flashed a little bit, and he's been beat up a lot, but I'm going to give him some credit because, again, it wasn't a great game. 
Henry Vasar is going, and Anthony Humbert, this is right at you out here. Henry's going to have some games where Henry's shown flashes now, where you can see that he can finish around the hoop, where he can block some shots, get some rebounds. Henry's going to be a player. It might not be as quick as some of us want, but he's going to be a player, Brogan. Yeah, here's what I like about him is defensively, he'll mix it up. He's not right. afraid to foul. He's not afraid to try to block every shot that's out there. And he's not just going to give up easy buckets. So if you're my big off the bench and that's what you give me, I'm good right there. Now, we've heard how good of a perimeter shooter he is. If he gets to the point where he can consistently knock down a three in a game and he gets a little stronger throughout, see a little more confident in the post, then I think you're going to see some 12 and 7, 14 and 8 type of games off the bench where he'll be a major contributor to Arizona beating some good teams down the stretch. All right, let me tell you about Mountain Mike's Pizza. I made the mistake of not eating Mountain Mike's Pizza during the game today. I ate something else, and you know what? It's not digesting. Well, Mountain Mike's Pizza probably knows that I cheated on them. So again, check it out. Mountain Mike's Pizza, Oracle and Wetmore. And you can check them out at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties downtown um, where everybody goes. John Brogan has not been down there. My sister has not been down there, but my parents have been down there. Many other people, Matt Mulebach, our good friend, has been. But check out Mount Mike's Pizza on Oracle and Wetmore and the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, which will be starting back up here this month. But again, um, really, uh, Scott and Rebecca do a great job down there. And you can get some Four Peaks. So again, the Four Peaks. Now, what are the Four Peaks, John Brogan? When you think Four Peaks, what do you think of? Not Arizona's front line. You think of Arizona's four big men, the Four Peaks. <laughs> All right. There are only three of them have played, so it's three and a half peaks as far as I'm concerned. All right, here's what uh, David uh, David Matola says. After smoking the weed and drinking the Four Peaks, you need to eat some pizza and make some bets. Dude, I'm all about that right there. Again, very he's our hype man. We like it. All right, Anthony Humbert, he says, um, I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll give you a my bad, Henry. I'm telling you, though, it uh, it's going to come. It's going to come at some point. All right, now, Sam, uh, Sam uh, I'm just going to, or Sean, excuse me. Um, was this a one-off game? Utah played like the best team in the pack and, uh, and um, always drops a game in Colorado or Utah. I think that's the case. I really do. Um, if this was on a neutral court tomorrow, I think Arizona wins that game by 15 or, or 15. Well, not maybe not that many, but 10, 10, 12 points. I think this was kind of a one-off game because they haven't shown me anything to indicate that it isn't. Arizona is much closer to the team that, beat Creighton that just took Texas to the wire, who's number two in the country. They're much closer to that team that you saw in Maui than they are to this Utah team. Again, elevation, first true road game. It's not an easy place to play. Oregon goes to Colorado and lost like 157 games straight there. Arizona usually struggles in one of those two games on the mountain trip. It's just a weird place to play. And so for it being Arizona's first true road game, you know, I I can easily forget this one. We're going to beat California by – 65 points probably and everything will be back in line the way it's all right describe that for me a little bit as uh as a de facto um native utah native even though you're from from new york born or in arizona though um what is different about playing hooping in utah it's just the altitude the air's thin and so you can be in the best shape of your life and when you sprint up and down the court two times you feel yourself huffing and puffing and gasping for breath and you can't quite figure out what's going on unless you train in it full time. It's just a different experience. And it's not like you're going to see guys bent over grabbing their shorts, but you see layups, a hair short, 
you see jumpers a hair short you see missed free throws you start to see little things creep up because you're just not used to that difference it's a hard thing and and when they go on the the mountain west road trip and you got to do it twice in the span of you know two or three days that's when you usually see arizona dropping one of those games later in the season hopefully for us they got it out in this non-conference conference game whatever it is and then they can win the next two but but yeah I'm with you. Arizona's going to going to rebound big on Sunday, though. Let's talk about the rest of the conference here, because you know what? We try to be realistic, but we try to be optimistic realists. Okay. Yeah. Um, Arizona's still winning this conference, everybody. I know they're 0-1. You can look at it, and they're technically in last place. Arizona's still winning this conference because, quite frankly, UCLA, even though they're decent, no doubt about it, they don't match up well with Arizona at all. That's a terrible matchup. In a weird way, you could make the point that um, – in the weird way, you can make the point that uh, Utah matches up better with Arizona, even though they're not better than UCLA. Arizona, I think, is just too big for UCLA. Oregon right now, I think they'll get it together, but they're kind of a mess. They're on. We'll be watching it after this game. But those are really the only two teams that I look at, and I know that Utah won this game, but I don't consider them a contender. Arizona's still winning this conference. And low-tone Capone, I know you're an ASU fan, but you know what? You're not winning the conference here. Have fun with Dilly. All right, but go back with uh, – what do you think on that, Brogan? Yeah, I, this is a weird one because I think UCLA is the best team in the conference, but to your point, they're a terrible matchup for Arizona because they're way too small. Balo and Tubelas are going to score probably 45 or 50 points in that game, and similar to what you saw in Tucson last year where we dominated the paint. So I do think Arizona wins the conference. Oregon's intriguing late in the year once they kind of figure out something something on offense. Or They're the only team with the front line that – the size. I don't want to, yeah, the size. Well put. Yeah. The size for yeah. sure. And then and then USC is intriguing because they've got a lot of talent. I don't think USC can be consistent enough to win, but I think USC is is pretty clearly third or fourth, Oregon third or fourth. Like those two teams will battle out for third or fourth. Everybody else, though, I think is a half a step to, you know, a full right. step behind Arizona and UCLA. And that's kind of the way that it is around college basketball when you look at it. Because, I mean, there really isn't. There's about 10 to 12 teams that I think can win it all. But there, any team is prone. Any team is susceptible to having this kind of performance right here. And again, Utah, to their credit, doesn't suck. I thought before the year Utah sucked. They don't suck. They're not great, but they definitely they're they're better. If they were to be the fourth best team in the conference, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. And so it's not. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what what would you rather be right now? Arizona, who was you know preseason twentieth, whatever, seventeen, whatever they were beat a couple ranked teams, win the Maui Classic, and get all the way up to fourth? Or would you rather be North Carolina preseason number one and you lose three straight and you're right. coming off three straight losses? Right. You know, I'll take Arizona's situation, even with the stinker at Utah, than being like North Carolina, for instance. And you've got to keep in mind, too, coming into this year, I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be somewhat of a bridge year. At least I did. I thought that Arizona was a top 15 to 20 team. Um, next year, Arizona is absolutely loaded for Bear. See what I did there? Very good. Bear down. But – um, this year I thought was going to be kind of that, you know, kind of that bridge, that gap year. And that really wasn't the, you know, that they're be- they're much better than I thought they were going to be. And I think they're probably much better than anybody thought. So if you look at it, you just kind of say to yourself, all right, it's a one-off game, not the worst thing in the world. Now, again, if they struggle against California, then we'll, we'll be having a different, uh, we'll be having a different talk here. And by the way, uh, dirty dancer, put it right. Houston is the best team in the country. I, I should, I should leave with that, but Brogan thoughts go yeah 
Houston is, they just play a dirty, nasty style that just wrecks whatever you want to do, and they're good enough offensively. Texas is the team that intrigues me a ton. They're the most athletic team in the country. They got like four or five guys that are 6'10". They can run up down the floor. They've got Marcus Carr, who's been in college for like 100 years. Timmy Allen, who's also been in college for Timmy 100 Allen's years. Been, right. And so I think it's Texas and Houston are the two clear best teams in the country right now. Texas has Chris Beard, which is a big step up for from Rick Barnes. And so those are the two clear best, but Gonzaga and North Carolina were one, two preseason to start the year. Duke was ranked really high to start the year. They've all lost multiple games. This is the year where a surprise team probably wins the national title. And you're like, oh, I didn't think they could win at the beginning of the year, but in the end, that's who wins this year is going to be as much parody. I think as you've seen in a long time, I didn't see before the season. I, I thought there were clearly teams that had more talent than Arizona, or at least that Arizona would go into and they're, a few teams where Arizona is a decided underdog. And again, not trying to blow the, you know, blow smoke here. It was a terrible performance here by the U of A today. I don't think there's any doubt about it, but if you are still looking big picture, this is one, again, this is one of the 10 best teams in the country. I want to bring up Purdue, uh, chef Duarte. Um, Purdue looks good. Purdue and Arizona is a, all kinds of fascinating matchups right there. First of all, Edie and Ballo, just to start off with is something that would be very enticing to watch. Yeah, Purdue's good in the tournament, though. They, what conference playing. are they in? What conference are they in? We always warn people about this. The Big Ten, that's true. Big Ten, Big Ten hoops never does anything. Go ahead. And and in the tournament, guard play usually dominates the tournament. We saw that last year with North Carolina's run. Their two guards got hot and, and took them all the way to the title game. And so Purdue's guards worry me. They've got the best front court in the country. No, I, I mean, I think – between Edie and first and and who they got coming off the bench, I think it's better than Arizona. I think Arizona, it's a good matchup, but I, I would take their front quarter of Arizona's. But I don't trust their guards enough for them to go really deep in the tournament. And then you add in the Big Ten factor, which is they typically seem to underachieve as a conference in the tournament. I like Purdue, but I don't – Purdue's one of those 10 teams that that they're a top 10 team. They could win it, but I'm not I'm not picking them to go super deep in the tournament just because I don't trust their guards. I agree with that. All right, we got a couple new endor- we got a new endorser here. Illegal Pete's down or Illegal Pete's on University. Um, I spent uh, when I was at uh, the U of A. I spent my fair share of time at Illegal Pete's. Good pizza, good drinks, good fun. Check it out. Um, it's on again on University. Always a spirited environment to go watch a game after you watch the game at the Tap and Bottle watch parties. So again, check it out. Illegal Pete's and the Four Peaks, Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe. Now. It, the term four peaks is taken off with with the four U of A big men. Everybody's calling it that, and John Brogan will not call it that. Is this correct? It's true. Okay, but people are asking, where are the, where's the fourth peak? Dylan Anderson. I'm going to get to Dylan Anderson here in just a second. But again, check it out, Tempe location or the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties where they have four peaks down there as well. Check it out. Um, are we looking at basically a seven-man rotation right now? Yes. And, you know, maybe it's seven and a half because I don't think you get killed with Boswell in the game. You know, Ball was supposed to be able to come off the bench and be able to hit some threes. If he's not making threes, then he can't really contribute. He was he was supposed to be one of the major bench players, especially scoring. I don't mind Boswell getting spot minutes at the point. But, yeah, it's Henderson for sure, who's basically your sixth starter. And then it's Vaser, who is a serviceable big, who's going to get better as the year goes on. I think Tommy's going to continue to play nine until we get into conference season. I think 
half the conference games he can play nine. But I think it, when it's crunch time and it's UCLA and it's Oregon USC, I think you're going to see a really tight seven-man rotation, assuming foul trouble doesn't get him. Okay, now I I do want to say this, and Sean, appreciate the kind word. Love your guys' feedback. Does this performance by the Cats worry a little bit before the matchup with the Hoosiers who are playing lights out? I actually think that this is a – it's never a good thing to lose. I'm not going to say that, but – Arizona was crushing people. I mean, when you look at Maui, yes, I know they beat Creighton by two, but that game was a 15 to 17 point game for a good percentage of the second half. San Diego State, they did the same exact thing too. A loss like this will certainly get your attention if you didn't already need it going into a game against Matt or going into a game against Indiana. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the Indiana game worries me. Obviously, Tracy Jackson Davis worries me a lot because he's one of the best players in the country. He's too mobile for Balo, and he's just too good for Tubelis to guard him. So he's yeah. going to be a matchup nightmare. They've got really good guards. Wait a second. Um, are you saying that the Peaks are going to have to have a really good defensive performance? <laughs> yeah, at least two of them. Um, <laughs> their guards are going to be more athletic than Arizona's guards. But I, I, I really think Arizona is going to be able to score in the paint. I think they're going to have a really tough time with Tubelis. And then if we can make shots, then I think that game is a pretty smooth, a pretty smooth I agree with that. I totally agree. Now let's talk Tennessee because that's going to be your other really big out-of-conference uh, matchup. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Tennessee just because of what happened last year. you got to remember, set the pace. Arizona goes in there. They're cruising. And let's just be honest here. Tennessee's guards kind of punked Arizona. I mean, I think Kerr had five turnovers in the first seven minutes or something like that. I think Tennessee is going to be a real test from a physicality perspective to just see where Arizona is at this stage. Yeah. If this game were at Tennessee again, which I know it wouldn't be, if it were, then I would be a lot more concerned because again, it's a long travel hostile environment at McHale though. I kind of think, I think the game in Vegas with Indiana is going to be a pretty good game. I think Arizona wins by six, eight, ten points. I think they'll pull away at the end. I think the Tennessee game's got a chance to get ugly, and they could blow Tennessee out because it's at home. And Tennessee struggles to score, and that's a bad thing when you play Arizona, especially at home. Right. All right. We need to make fun of ASU on this show because it's fun making fun of ASU. First of all, their basketball program or their basketball team is better than I thought, although they generally fizzle out come January, February. This Marcus Bagley situation, though, is one of the oddest situations that I've seen in sports. Now, you got to remember, Marvin Bagley's little brother, um, top 25, 30 prospect out of high school, looks like a first-round pick after his freshman year. Dad brings him back for his sophomore year at ASU. He doesn't really play much. This year, he's not playing. He gets into a huge shouting match uh, with Bobby Hurley. He goes on social media. What's going on at ASU, and have we seen the last of Marcus Bagley in college? Not that we ever saw much of him. <laughs> yeah, this has been interesting because after his freshman season, he was projected to be a first-round pick on a lot of boards before he got hurt. Um, I don't know, man. This situation's bizarre because everybody assumed he was injured, and then it turns out he's not injured. He was just closed door suspended i guess michelle gardner came at me for saying that he was that he wasn't injured michelle right. still waiting for that apology it's not coming either correct um, yeah i can't see a scenario where bobby hurley has marcus bagley playing at arizona state i could see a scenario where he transfers and maybe plays next year somewhere i could also see the easier example is he just turns pro and either is somehow gets into a summer league team and, and latches on or he's overseas but I don't 
yeah, I don't see him playing again. Again, this is bizarre because he gets suspended and then he goes on social media to talk about it. Then he gets resuspended or suspended longer. I don't suspended, right. suspended. I don't know. So anyways, I think he's done at ASU though, for sure. And what people need to realize, the reason I brought up Marcus Bagley is I think a lot of people roll their eyes when Tommy Lloyd talks about how roster continuity, roster fit matters more to him than about anything. And you can just see that with this team. Again, Arizona didn't play well today, obviously. But there's nobody that you look at on this team and you say, what's his agenda? What's his agenda? There are no Marcus Williams. There are no Chris Rogers on this team. And I don't think there's really going to be those with Tommy Lloyd. And again, he's going to pass up a guy like a Marcus Bagley. Not that, you know, Bagley was going to come here because he doesn't believe that the talent outweighs the chemistry that this squad has. And that's going to be a hallmark of what Tommy Lloyd wants to do. Well, and I think if you look at the results, you have to trust that implicitly. 25 of their 43 games, they shot 50, 50% or better. And that was a team last year that had a ton of question marks. You lose three players to the NBA draft. Now you got a team with a bunch of question marks. He missed in the transfer portal, we thought. Then he gets two late transfers who just happen to kind of fit perfectly. And again, right. they're out early, top five in the country. So I think at this point, you have to kind of just – maybe Tommy Lloyd's a lot better coach than we know he's going to end up being today. Like in five years, when we look back, we'll be like, okay, yeah, he was really the dude. And so – Maybe that's just what he is, and he's always going to be able to make the talent work because he's got a keen sense for, one, identifying it, but seeing how the pieces fit is going to be his real strong suit. All right, everybody out there, really appreciate all of you guys. A little bit of a shorter post game today. We will be back with you Sunday. Again, appreciate all the comments. John Brogan, you are the man. As uh, I, uh, I used to work for John Brogan, so I am forever indebted to John Brogan. Brogan, you're the man. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. It's fun. All Thanks. right. For John. For John Brogan, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.